Fortune Forever podcast. Our apologies once again uh, for the fact that we have to run through a solo NFC prediction. But hey, we just have an awful lot on our plates at the moment. So uh, another apology for the rather poor sound quality in the NFC South and East previews. I had kind of been playing around with Darren's lovely Blue Yeti mic and it worked just fine with everything else apart from when it came to actually record the podcast, so it seems. So uh, my apologies for that. We're going to toy around with a couple of other different things over the course of the next little while uh, and hopefully just end up getting you guys a better product. So everyone can enjoy that, right? Anyway, let's get right into the thick of it with what is probably the most difficult division in football this year and some might say for the last few years, the NFC West. So the San Francisco 49ers finished off 13-3 last season under head coach Cal Shanahan and made it all the way to the big game. Uh, They were probably about a play away or so from winning that game, Um, but but they were just so cruelly (laughs) had it taken away from them by the Kansas City Chiefs. Still, the 49ers are stacked. Uh, they picked up Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle at South Carolina in the first round, uh, and then picked up Brandon Ayuk uh, in the, with the 25th overall pick, having traded up. Uh, so he's going to be a big factor going forward, I would imagine, but we'll get into that shortly. In terms of signings, not so much, but they managed to keep George Kittle in the building. Uh, they also brought back Jason Verrett on a one-year, $1 million deal, and if he's healthy, he could be good again. But the problem is that he never is. Uh, he was like Pro Bowl caliber when he was at uh, Los Angeles. Well, when it was San Diego, sorry. Um, but he's just never really around. Um, they also lost Emmanuel Sanders, who they actually traded um, for from the Broncos. He is now playing his trade in New Orleans. And uh, he really helped really like cement that pass attack for the 49ers last season. But that's the sort of role that Brandon Ayuk could probably step into. So between him and Debo Samuel, I reckon that uh, they still have plenty of firepower out wide with these uh, yards after the catch monsters. Anyway, Cal Shanahan has gone through the heartbreak in the big game on more than one occasion, but his team are poised to have another good crack at it again this season. All pro left tackle Joe Staley has retired, so what do they do? Brought in one of the best tackles of the last decade as his replacement. Trent Williams got the hell out of Washington after years of attempting to escape. Uh, he didn't really like the way that he was treated for his uh, his medical issues, uh, seemingly having a tumor on his in his brain. Um, and he just didn't like the way that, that went. But maybe he didn't like many of the other things that were going on in that organization over the last little while, uh, as that has been coming out pretty much on a weekly basis, if not daily basis or hourly basis, in the Washington Post articles lately. So Trent Williams, he could be great or he could be just good. I don't think you're going to get anything worse than just good, especially on a, on a team like that, which has a pretty solid line altogether. Um, it's not a bad swap when it comes down to it. And another good swap is losing Emmanuel Sanders and replacing him with the aforementioned yards after catch machine, Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State. And like I said, if you combine him with a health, healthy Debo Samuel over the middle, and George Kittle dominating everyone in the short and intermediate system that they run there. And this team is still well set up to be a methodical, well-schemed offense, which utilizes the returning Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman to the max. Uh, Let's not forget that Jarrett McKinnon is also still in the building uh, and will be looking to justify his big contract that he got from the 49ers 
after uh, an interesting time in Minnesota. Now, nobody creates space for players better than Kyle Shanahan right now. So until someone proves that they know how to stop him, I'm still backing these guys to go one better next season. Uh, now, some may still feel that Jimmy G is limiting them, li limiting them, and perhaps he is, but I think we have to see what he is like after a full off season of reflection. Um, if he can start seeing those linebackers that he seems to always black out on, then that will drastically improve his game. Like the, the dude is certainly a baller. He has it in him to be a proper franchise QB, um, possibly even elite if he can just step up certain things. And he's nearly won the whole thing in his first full season as a starter. So is the only way up or will he downward spiral? I would, I would tend to believe that he might be about to trend up. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, it was one of the best last season. They went and paid Eric Armstead a lot of money to stick around, and Javon Kinlaw could be a total wrecking machine in there next to Defensive Rookie of the Year Nick Bosa. Now, if Bosa grows like his brother did in year two, then he's going to eat tackles for breakfast, blocking running backs for lunch, and quarterbacks for dinner, all within the space of 2.5 seconds. That's a lot of eating, folks. Now, Richard Sherman is getting older, but he's doing so gracefully. He's never been the fastest cornerback in the league, but he's always been one of the smartest. So that means that he can probably continue going on for a little while longer. I think PFF had him rated as uh, their top-rated cornerback last season. And, uh, I, I mean, it, the, the problem with the rest of that team is the fact that he never really seems to have a second cornerback on the other side. So Jimmy Ward's return will be helpful but you still have to be very wary of that second cornerback spot. Emmanuel Mosley was absolutely shredded at times last season, as was Akello Weatherspoon, who ended up getting benched in the big game. Don't be surprised to see them make a trade mid-season for someone to shore up that side of the ball. Honestly, I can really see them getting really close and just seeing that that is the, the one spot that they need to change. And I reckon that they've got the, the cap space to do so, uh, certainly wouldn't be surprised to see it happen. Uh, and they've definitely got the depth there as well. Uh, perhaps the one place I think that they aren't that deep is on the offensive line. They don't seem to have much in the way of backup uh, tackles or guards. So if someone like Mike McGlinchey were to go down, that would be a bit of a concern. Uh, another interesting addition that they had this offseason was that of Titan Jordan Reed, who came in from the Washington football team. Not going to slip up on that one this time. And um, I think it's pretty apparent that Jordan Reed is a really good athlete when he's not concussed. And that has been the problem. And he just got run out of Washington. He is going to go into this system, which I can see them potentially having these two tight ends on the field at the same time. And then if you have Debo Samuel at one side, Brandon Ayuk the other, Kendrick Bourne coming in to mix things up. Dante Pettis has been a bit of a disappointment so far, but uh, he could still maybe take a, take a leap in his third year. Uh, on the... What are we looking? Yeah, on the scheduling front. So the 49ers have to kick things off against the Arizona Cardinals. So nice uh, uh, within the division battle there. Really depends on what you think of the Cardinals, of course, but uh, I'm going to put down the uh, 49ers to win that one. Uh, they then host the Jets, so no surprise there on who I'm going to go for. Easy 49ers win. They then have the Giants. Again, that should be an easy win, all things considered. 
They then go over to the Eagles, which will be a different kettle of fish, but I still see them winning that one. Uh, they then go down to Miami to face the Dolphins. I think they're going to win that one too. And then in week six, it's the Los Angeles Rams. So I'm going to give them 6-0. They're going to have a 6-0 start. They're going to pick up where they left off at the end of last season. Uh, this could be a strength-to-strength -strength season. But uh, the, actually, let, let's look a little bit further in because I'm just keen to see when they face the Seahawks. They don't face the Seattle Seahawks until week eight. Uh, and then again in week 17 watch out for that week 17 matchup that is a potential division decider there already uh gonna, certainly going to mean a lot i'd imagine um but yeah it's the san francisco 49ers i think they're about due to go six and no at the beginning um yeah this is another 13 and 3 team again uh very little has changed apart from the familiarity the, the fact that they've managed to keep their core together uh, during this time will, will really help their chances in this COVID era that we're living in. Uh, now, speaking of the Seattle Seahawks, uh, they went 11-5 last season under head coach Pete Carroll. Uh, Russell Wilson was absolutely outstanding last season. Uh, he was quite good, really, wasn't he? Um, where did that come from, some people ask. I'll tell you where. He's always been that good. Last season, Ross was let off the leash a bit more with a wide receiving core that really stepped up for him. DK Metcalf showed everyone that he should have been a first-round pick, easy, uh, acting as a perfect complement for Wilson's favourite target, Tyler Lockett. David Moore wasn't quite the same in uh, his second or third year, uh, but Philip Dorsett has come in to bolster the team with another deep threat. The offensive line probably looks a little bit better than it has in a while, with uh, Dwayne Brown on the left-hand side, and they brought in uh, right tackle Brandon Shell to slot in on the other side of him. Still looks a little bit weak through the middle. Uh, they brought back Mikey Upati. They've got Ethan Posich, and uh, Damian Lewis is starting at right guard, who is their third-round pick for this season. Uh, other Another pick that they had through the course of the draft was uh, Jordan Brooks, outside linebacker from Texas Tech. So once again, that was Seattle zigging when everyone thought that they were going to zag. But they do that every first-round pick. They just seem to waste it, seemingly. Um, you know, if, uh, if this guy is going to be as effective as LJ Collier was last season, then they may as well have just drafted a towel boy. Uh, the... I mean, Wilson's escape artistry buys him and his receivers a lot of time, uh, but he'll certainly be looking for a little bit more help from his offensive line this season. Um, the backfield was off-banged up last season, uh, leading us to witness the, the rise and... No, nah, it wasn't really much of a rise, was it? Of Travis Homer and co. Um, so Carlos Hyde comes in as a fresh uh, pair of legs. Um, he's coming straight off a 1,000-yard season himself in Houston to back up Chris Carson and the fellow absentee Rashad Penny. In the draft, they did what they always do, uh, reading off the wrong menu, and um, yeah, I didn't particularly like anything else they did, just like with uh, Jordan Brooks. But uh, they'll probably find some value from one of their mid-rounders there. Now, the unquestionable uh, blockbuster of this offseason was the acquisition of Jamal Adams from the Jets in a trade which sent a lot the other way. Uh, and I think both sides tend to think they actually maybe won this one. Uh, the Jets got to move on from Jamal Adams and got a, a bunch of nice draft picks. 
they also managed to get themselves a, a, a decent safety as well. But Jamal Adams is the kind of guy who can come in there and really help change the fortunes of that defensive backfield. His versatility and ability to seemingly cover the entire field at once will take up take a lot of the weight off of Bobby Wagner's shoulders, who had 150-plus tackles last season, which goes to show that that uh, defensive line wasn't that great. Uh, Shaquille, Shaquille Griffin is still there at cornerback, but unfortunately Shaquille Griffin, the one-handed wonder, uh, was released by the team during cuts. Now, with Quinton Dunbar escaping serious charges, unlike Giants cornerback DeAndre Baker for uh, some armed robbery uh, allegations, uh, this backfield, uh, sorry, defensive backfield, looks pretty poised to, to play well this season. Uh, so, they did also lose Jadavian Clowney, who has, has moved on to Tennessee. There was still a lot of talks that they would manage to get him back, but that has not materialised. So that defensive line, they're really going to need some of their guys to step up. Uh, they've got Jerron Reed, who's a, a solid defensive tackle in the middle. But then outside of that, you've got, well, you've got Puna Ford, who's also a nose tackle. You're really going to have to expect LJ Collier to, to step up a lot. Uh, they brought in Bruce Irvin again, for whatever reason. Don't know why exactly. Uh, you still got that Bobby Wagner, J, uh, KJ Wright combination. That looks pretty solid through there, but yeah, like I say, up front doesn't look good. I reckon Wagner and Wright are going to be kept pretty busy during the course of this season. So, during the course of this season, uh, and at the beginning of it, they will be facing the Atlanta Falcons at home, uh, which I think they will ooh, comfortably win. Uh, I'm going to say, like, I do quite like the Falcons this season, but not against Seattle in Seattle. Uh, they then travel to the Patriots, which I also think they will win. They then go to Dallas. Oh, what did I say about that the other day? I don't know. Mm, I think because it's in Dallas, I'm going to give that one to Dallas. Uh, the Seahawks will then host the Dolphins. That's a win for them. Then they'll go to the Vikings. I think they'll win that one. And then they will host the Cardinals. So I reckon that's a 5-1 job at the beginning there. Um, so just trailing slightly behind the San Francisco 49ers at the start of the season, but I still think that they are poised to be uh, at least another 11-win team this season. Uh, looking at the rest of their schedule, just having a very quick look through that now. Uh, they get to face the Jets and Giants through the course of this season, so that will help their cause. Also the Washington football team. Uh, which should, on paper, just be a, a couple of easy wins. I mean, depends on what you think of the Giants, but uh, yeah, that's a couple of really bad rosters that they've got to face there. So by that reason, I reckon this team is going to do very well for itself at the end of it. Uh, then the Los Angeles Rams head coach Sean McVay led them to a 9-7 and record last season, uh, which is pretty underwhelming considering uh, where they finished off in the season prior. Uh, so the Rams are looking to bounce back. Uh, they haven't been splashing out and bringing in any more name, big-name talent, uh, and they didn't have a first-round pick because they gave it up for Jalen Ramsey. But uh, now they have Jalen Ramsey, who just signed himself a five-year, $105 million contract to become by far the highest-paid cornerback in the league. 
uh, he's averaging about $21 million a season compared to the recent, uh, recently signed Tredavious White contract, which was about $17.8 million, I believe, per season. That's a lot of cheddar. You've got to be pretty happy with that. And uh, I think the Rams will be exceptionally happy with this deal as well because Jalen Ramsey should be the like one of, if not the best cornerbacks in the league. Um, yep, so they spent top dollar to keep him in. They also signed up Andrew Whitworth on his three-year, $30 million deal, which will keep him back until he's 417, oh, sorry, 41 years old. Uh, Michael Brockers went away and came back uh, on a three-year, $24 million deal. And they brought in Leonard Floyd from Chicago, because why not? One year, $10 million doesn't mean much to them. Uh, they did lose Dante Fowler Jr., who moved away to Atlanta. Uh, linebacker Corey Littleton, who could have been a Super Bowl MVP back in the day, uh, he's gone to the Las Vegas Raiders. Kicker Greg Zerline has gone on to Dallas. Todd Gurley, wow, fall from grace, eh, has gone on to Atlanta. And Nikel Roby Coleman, the, the one who uh, <laughs> did, did not push off on a New Orleans receiver a few years ago, he's off to Philadelphia. So, uh, in terms of the offense, do not underestimate the impact of a healthy Cooper Cup on this team. This guy is still criminally underrated, and he's, he's a true number one wideout. Don't get confused with anything else. He is really, really good. Hopefully, he will be back to being the same player that he was before his injury, because the league could really do with someone like him. Uh, Robert Woods is really doing well, making a name for himself in L.A., and Van Jefferson has been really turning heads, as you will see if you've been watching uh, the Hard Knocks documentary. Uh, yep, yeah, he's a second-round pick out of Florida, as we mentioned, uh, alongside Cam Akers, who came in from Florida State. It says there, is that right? Is that Florida State? I don't know, but I'm going to believe what I've written down there. Uh, so Cam Akers was the 20th pick in the second round. Van Jefferson was the 25th pick in the second round. Uh, the offensive line was inexplicably garbage last season after being one of the best the year prior. No one really understands what it was. Rob Havenstein uh, was probably the biggest question and at the moment will still be a big question until he proves himself again. Which version of him are we going to see? Are we going to see one of the best offensive linemen like we saw two seasons ago? Or are we going to see one of the worst offensive linemen like we saw last season? Before I mentioned Andrew Whitworth is returning for his 300th NFL season. Uh, okay, again, slight exaggeration, but he's getting there. Uh, and he is easily the most consistent and important player on that line. Uh, the aforementioned backfield is anyone's guess at the moment, but a lot, a lot of people seem to be investing uh, time and draft picks in Cam Akers. So, personally, I don't see any reason why they'd shift out of using Malcolm Brown, who, whenever he's used, has been pretty effective. But I suppose when you spend a second rounder on a back, you expect to see him get used. But, you know, by, by that uh, reckoning, you would also expect to see them uh, use Daryl Henderson a bit more. But maybe this is going to be one of those three-headed back, three monster backfields. Uh, only time will tell. Um, I mean, Jared Goff had a bit of a fall from grace last season. So he's going to need to take better, sorry, he's going to need better protection uh, and a more consistent scheme from Sean McVay to keep him upright. Uh, he can make all the throws, just not always to the right places. That's his problem. And then over on defense, 
Uh, Aaron Donald is still the most disruptive player in the NFL. That's just not even close. So hang your hat on him again in the Defensive Player of the Year race. Uh, he's certainly going to be there and thereabouts because he should win it every season. Uh, they should have one award for him and then another award for everyone else. So there should be DPOY for Aaron Donald and you say D-P-O-Y-W-I-N-A-D. Defensive Player of the Year who is not Aaron Donald. Boom. Easy. Book it in. So Michael Brockers, he left and came back after a failed physical in Baltimore. But other than that, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, with Corey Littleton departed, it's pretty much business as usual for defensive coordinator Brandon Staley and co. Uh, Donald up the middle, jailing out wide. And our boy, Taylor Rapp, patrolling the middle of the field. The Rams, I, you've got to think that it can happen again. Uh, I think a lot of it will rest on the shoulders of Jared Goff and how he's utilised. If we get him like he was through the course of the regular season, not last season, but the season before again, then watch out. But a lot of that did seem to be the product of the scheme. And uh, Sean McVay just wasn't up to the same standard last season as he was in the season prior. So he's got a lot of questions to answer this season. If, if we have another down year and they have an 8-8 an eight and eight season, um, people are going to start asking questions about Sean McVay. So, yeah. Wait and see. Anyway, in terms of 8-8, eight and eight, let's see how they start off with their first six games. So they will visit the Dallas Cowboys, which I think they will lose because, you know, I'm pretty hot in the Cowboys this season. They then host the Eagles. Uh, I believe they'll take that one. They then host the Bills. Uh, again, I'll say they're going to win that one. Away to the Giants, win. Home to Washington, win. Away to 49ers, loss. So by my reckoning, that's 4-2. and two. So it's just the San Francisco 49ers at uh, undefeated. Uh, Seahawks lose one. Rams lose two. So pretty tight at the top at the beginning of the season there. Uh, all in all... I could see this being another 9-7 team. I could easily see it being a 10-win team, uh, especially given who they have to have to play through the course of this season. Uh, yeah, I like them, but not as much as the Seahawks or the 49ers. Just a hell of a division to be in right now. Really sucks to be them. Speaking of a team who it sucks to be, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Would they fall into that category? Or would you start to feel that the hype train is about to leave the station. They finished 5-10 and 10 last season under Cliff Kingsbury in his first season in charge and with Kyler Murray at the helm. So the big news of the offseason was the trade of the offseason, DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson and some picks. Still a big wow moment. Uh, they also just paid DeAndre a big extension of two years, $56 million, which makes him the highest paid non-QB in the league on a year-per-year -year basis during that time upon the end of his current contract. When his current contract is no slouch either, he's getting paid pretty good money at the moment. Uh, the team are really putting weapons around the gunslinging Kyler Murray, uh, who's really going to need to improve uh, passing from a clean pocket if he wants to be properly effective with them. Uh, he was dead last in 2019, so surely the only way is up. 
Uh, you have Nuke Hopkins, Larry Fitz is still there, Andy Isabella could start being utilised properly, Christian Kirk needs to break out, finally, and having Kenyon Drake in the backfield, that's a fine group. But that offensive line is still suspect. They brought in Kelvin Beecham from the Jets, but he's about four seasons removed from his last good season. So if, uh, if, they, if they can get this air raid offense going well, utilize Kyler's legs to keep the play alive, and uh, get the ball out to those wide receivers, uh, then it'll help. Having someone like DeAndre Hopkins there who doesn't even need separation to go up and get the ball, I think that's going to be very important for him. Uh, it might even hinder his development, if you want to think about it that way, because he's just going to trust DeAndre to go up and get it every time. And he's just the best in the league at doing that, really. Uh, maybe up there with Julio Jones, perhaps. Um, so in the draft, they picked up Isaiah Simmons, the offensive, sorry, the outside linebacker slash safety slash towel boy slash coach on the field, whatever you want to call him. Isaiah Simmons from Clemson with the eighth overall pick. And they also managed to pick up Josh Jones out of Houston in the third round. Some people had him up as high as the first round. Um, at the moment, I believe he is still a little bit on the injured side. Um, he's currently sitting at third in the depth chart uh, at left tackle. Maybe going to need a little bit of time to develop into that role. I wouldn't really expect to see him much at the moment unless the likes of DJ Humphreys goes down. So on the defensive side of the ball, Chandler Jones is still consistently getting home, but he doesn't have too much there with him. Jordan Phillips came in from Buffalo, but he seems to be a guy who has benefited from cleanup sacks in that system up north. Uh, the defensive backfield looks decent, with Buda Baker getting a big contract. Some would say disproportionately big. No disrespect, Buda, but you know there's a lot of other safeties out there who are also very, very good. And I'd probably say we're maybe a little bit more value than yourself, but what you do, you do very well. So I'm not taking any of your money away from you. No doubt. Uh, Drake Kirkpatrick is a not bad option when given the team around him. Uh, and Byron Murphy, it looks like, is going to play nickel pretty much purely. Uh, Patrick Peterson's still there, but he just isn't what he once was. The aforementioned Isaiah Simmons was probably the best pure athlete in the draft this season, possibly with the exception of Chase Young, depending on what you define as being a pure athlete. Um, and they say they're going to play him as a positionless player, which apparently now means linebacker, according to the depth chart. Um, Personally, I'd just stick him back and use him as a, a Jamal Adams role, as a, a roving safety, just move him all around the field, cause havoc, get people wondering where he's going to come from, blitz him a bunch of times, drop him back in coverage, make him cover your big tight ends if you're playing against someone like Rob Gronkowski. Just move him all over the place. Really confuse someone. Otherwise, if you just use him in a conventional scheme, especially if you're using him at a position like middle linebacker, it just isn't a place you can be that effective unless you're being used to cover those big tight ends slash or Luke Keighley slash or Bobby Wagner. But I, I just feel as if you could plug someone else into a middle linebacker spot and just use them traditionally. Just move them around a lot more. Don't think about it that way. Anyway, the Arizona Cardinals, their schedule, they start off with the 49ers, as mentioned before. Reckon they'll lose that one. Uh, they have what on paper should be a gimme over in Washington as they take on the football team there. Uh, they'll win that one. They'll go up to Detroit. Mm, 
tough one because I do rate the Lions this season. Uh, I like the Cardinals, but I've got a feeling that uh, that Detroit defensive line might actually eat through the likes of Kelvin Beecham. Uh, I'm going to give that one to the Lions just. Or can I give them a tie again? They had a tie last season. There must be some sort of record for that. Yeah, fuck it. Let's give them a tie. Uh, then they host the Panthers, which I believe they will win. They host the Jets, which I believe they will win. And then they host the Cowboys, which I believe they will lose. So that's um, three and three. So it's just a step down each time uh, in this division with uh, San Francisco at the top after six games, Arizona at the bottom. And to be honest, I kind of see it just going that way again this season. Uh, it'll probably finish as it is. But... I, I have this this feeling that this decision, sorry, this division is going to be decided by an injury to a quarterback or something. I think if if Jared Goff gets knocked out or or is hampered by some sort of injury, uh, they're going to find themselves down the bottom of the pile. Uh, Kyler Murray has been pretty good at protecting himself so far. Really hope it continues. Um, I can definitely see him making the leap this season. Uh, a lot of people already consider him elite. He's not. But he has all the tools to become that. And he's been given a lot of help around him to really give himself the best chance. Just need to start with that offensive line. So we'll see how that one all pans out for them. Anyway, guys, that's my general prediction, my consensus on what's going to happen with the NFC West this season. Uh, again, our, our apologies for not having a more comprehensive go at the NFC South, East and West. Um, but hopefully during the season we're going to be able to get ourselves back into the swing of things now. It should be a lot easier going forward. Anyway, Nahimi Hinui guys, uh, thank you very much and we'll catch you after some games have been played. Oh my god, the NFL season starts tomorrow. Oh yes, yes, yes! Yeah.